Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 156 of the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, Ben Eagle. Today on the show, we are focusing on a farm in Gloucestershire that, I mean, honestly, I, I said at the end of last episode, and I think it's true, I think it has more enterprises than I think we've seen on the podcast, certainly for a very long time, if not ever. Um, Reese Keane is on the show. Reese farms 120 hectares at Overfarm on the outskirts of Gloucester. And he really makes the most of his location with plenty of customer facing enterprises, including, wait for it, I'm going to list them all here, growing pumpkins, Christmas trees, sunflowers, strawberries, sweet corn, raspberries, blackberries, asparagus and rhubarb. He also does pick your own uh, events, has a farm shop, an airfield, a wedding venue, a farm park um, and to top it all, a music festival. Because why not? Because you're not busy enough, Reese. Um, he was in the yeah, RAF. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the RAF for seven years, uh, working as an aircraft technician before doing a foundation degree in ag at the RAU in Sirencester, uh, which paved his path for the farm. Reese, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to be here. Um, so, I mean, the farm shop. If we start with that, um, because that's sort of at the centre of what you do. That was founding in the that was founded in the eighties, but obviously it's it's a family farm and you've been there for as a family for quite a bit before then um and i'm guessing you didn't start with all those enterprises so it has sort of grown from the shop or was was the shop a reason because you were doing lots of other stuff yeah so so the the, the shop started after my dad went to america in the in the late 70s okay um and he he saw farm shops over there and thought i really want to do that my grandfather at the time, it was his diversification was growing onions and potatoes away from arable. And my dad thought, well, I can sell those bulk in the farm shop and, and start growing some cabbages and cauliflower. And that yep. worked. And, and it did. It worked pretty well. Um, really, really got going through the 80s uh, and as a value, high quality um, farm shop. So you go in there, buy all your, all your vegetables, really, really good value and really good quality because at the time, that's the... Uh, Network for distributing veg was rubbish and corner shops products were not great. They'd often be weak old leaves wilting. You had to go to a market yeah. uh, to get the decent stuff. Uh, and the farm shop was a, was a much better bar experience than, okay. than anywhere else. What's it like farming on the edge of Gloucester? Cause you really are on the edge, aren't you? Yeah. Literally a mile from the city center. It's wow. uh, we've got a dual carriageway going past us with 40,000 cars a day. Wow. So that really helps with um with uh, getting people in obviously very good access um does conversely have issues with highways and they, they want to know everything about what we do and make sure that anything that we we change is is noted uh but, uh it, it 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 really yeah for what for what we're doing it's great and and, and I, I mean i asked this question to quite a few people but for you i'm i'm interested to see sort of where it goes because of there's so many enterprises going on what what does a typical day for you look like uh well today today's a today's chaotic day it's my daughter's <laughs> fourth birthday so I start oh, happy birthday to her and uh, then out and, and check all the guys that are sort of the, the farm manager is okay he's busy filling in a hole for he's making a set for the music festival okay uh, and another guy and when's, uh, when, when's that that is in two weeks time so the 30th is the first day oh wow ticket um, ticket still available not for the Thursday, no. Unfortunately, okay. we, uh, the guy who books the artist um, booked Sam Ryder for Thursday. Thinking, oh, seriously, he looks he looks good fun on TikTok when he booked in. We'll have him on the Thursday as a bit of a fill-in. <laughs> wow, so, that was a punt. Um, yeah, uh, of course, those tickets always sell out. It's only you know, two hundred people come in on that 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 Thursday to Saturday, uh, 
for that Thursday night. Okay. Um, so yeah, that would have been nice if he'd if he'd been booked for one of the weekend slots. But there you go. Would have been really. Uh, so yeah, there's still tickets left for the weekend for the main weekend. So, so yeah, obviously daughter's birthday. Talking out to the guys with a with a set. Uh, build they were happy happy on that um checking checking water everything needs water at the moment 30 degrees yeah. and, and wind is desiccates anything with uh, irrigation um and no other source of water so checking the checking the hanging baskets bizarrely um and then out to the strawberries and then into a meeting with the barn manager um and uh, and my cousin ben who's uh, working a, as a bit of a across the board uh, senior manager to help help me uh, work with everyone get the best out of everyone okay so so who's who's involved generally and and how many people on the place uh there's around about 50 people on the books um, wow i haven't actually counted that up recently but it varies to how many people are in a day usually the shop has about 10 to 10 people in or a dozen people in um with the cafe included uh but we also today we could have we've got the catering guys in the in the kitchen so there's two of them in there making stuff for the weekend um pies and what have you there's there's about 10 guys on the farm at the moment a couple of volunteers for the festival uh brothers in helping with the setup the music festival but yeah there's, there's there's probably around about if you toss it all up there's probably around about 30 people or so on site today wow. staff wise staff and volunteers Gosh, always an exciting place by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. let's, um, let, let's talk about the production side of the business uh, because you're growing quite a few different crops. How did you settle on, on what you're growing? So when I took over from my dad, we had a whole plethora of things. We were doing potatoes, onions, leeks, cauliflower, cabbage, all of the brassicas yeah, yeah. from sprout. And it was, it was great. It was, it was hard work, but I was struggling to see where, where the margins were. And at the time, the... Uh, well, from when my dad had been doing it, it was it was so easy to make money. He he, he didn't feel there was a need to really analyse anything particularly hard. Um, but we were we were struggling and and uh, needed to try and get to the bottom of what was what was causing the issue. And it uh, yeah, it was it was really all of the brassicas, potatoes, and onions were all not breaking even at best. Okay. Uh, so and that was that was gross margin. So there was so there was clearly there was all the overheads that weren't getting covered from those. So they I just spent a long time trying to make that work because as a family business I was saying we need to we need to either stop growing these or, or do something different. And the pressure was no we need to keep growing them and find a way of making yep. it work. So I spent about three years always trying a to make, fun situation to go yeah, through. Yeah trying to make it make it more efficient. But ultimately we're competing on those products on price from the supermarket to a degree we could put a bit of a premium on it on it but uh, people are quite sensitive to uh, to to certain things and and we were it was just really the big growers are so efficient now it's not like they were in the 80s when my dad was doing it where, where everyone was growing it like my dad was now everyone's people are growing it in perfect soil great conditions big kit lots of systems and processes to make sure it all, all happens smoothly oh yeah there's obviously hiccups like we're seeing now with the supply chain and labor but um yeah that it, it was it was just not sustainable so i focused on the crops that were growing now because they were the ones that were generating a small profit in the case of rhubarb but they were they're an annual crop they just keep growing so we're really not very much inputs there um and yeah christmas trees pump, pumpkins are big big margins on those at the moment especially pick your own yeah um same with strawberries which saw research over covid uh, so yeah, we're 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 at a stage where everything that we grow is making a profit. It's not always as much as we like, and, and as with farming, you see things go up and down. Some years, some sort of asparagus is very good this year. Last year, it wasn't. Um, 
uh, and uh, try and make sure that every item is making some profit. Mm. And if it, at the moment there isn't anything that isn't, but if there is something that we're dragging along, we at least have a reason for it and, and can justify it bringing money into the shop for some other reason. Yeah. When it comes to the seasonal event crops like the pumpkins, I mean, around here in, in the east, we've seen a lot more people doing pumpkin patches um, with yeah. Halloween in mind. Um, what's it like in, in Gloucestershire? Yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone's doing it because it's it's quite easy to buy in pumpkins. Um, and and uh, he, to be honest, growing them is not hugely difficult. Uh, what can be difficult is getting people off the road and, and providing parking in the, in the wet. Yeah. Um, but we have been doing it since the early 90s. So we've got quite a bit of experience there for all the kit that we needed to grow. And we've got a customer base and we were well known for doing Halloween anyway. So for yeah. us to, we, we spent a long time doing an event where you could pick pumpkins as part of the event. And it was a real struggle trying to manage that. It was it was too much all coming in at once. And we sold the pumpkins in the farm shop. And it was a bit of a muddle. But during COVID, we were forced to do a separate pick your own pumpkin patch. And we've been thinking about doing it anyway, but it forced us into it. And that was very, very successful. Okay. We basically just opened a section up into the field where the pumpkins were growing and said, right, you need to go through there to get your pumpkin advertised it um, and uh, as that and used our booking system that we've always used to control numbers and, and went from there and it was really really successful that's really interesting actually because that was going to be one of the things i was thinking of is how long have you been doing the pick your own on on that pumpkin basis or is it quite a new thing because clearly yeah, yeah, it has been quite a new thing for lots of other people but you've been growing it for a long time so yeah that's it so this will be this year will be our third year of pick your own pumpkins so when you were growing up on the farm uh, did you have any interest in the business sort of as I suppose I'm thinking of you as a teenager right now did, did, did you think yep want to go back there at some point yeah yeah it was I mean it looks so different now back when I was a teenager so it was it was it was arable with the with the farm shop on the side um and had 800 odd uh, 850 acres my granddad had rented a bit of land down the road um yeah a fairly decent sized arable setup my dad didn't have much interest in that at that time in the uh, in the late 90s arable was really struggling yeah um, and the decision was made to to, to sell up. Basically, my granddad couldn't didn't want to do it anymore. My uncle had gone off, and he's got his own um, uh, venture on the other side of Gloucester, basically doing what we're doing, but on a smaller scale. Um, and my dad was only only wanted to do the farm shop. So right, okay, sell sell that up. Still tenant farmers. We were on an agriculture holdings act tenancy, and the, 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 that around about that time, I think it was early two thousands, the the landlords who were St Thomas and Guy's Hospital in London said, right, we we don't think you're farming in accordance with the tenancy agreement you're getting your money from from the farm shop that our, our case was that the farm shop was owned by us and we could sell whatever we liked for it if yep. we we're producing produce on the farm for that it's no difference to producing it for a wholesaler yep. um whether it was arable crop or a bro- broccoli head um we won the court case but at that point my dad's as i was going to the sort of looking for looking what i was going to do next he said you ought to get another trade under your belt because if this goes south and we lose the case then uh, then then there won't be a farm to farm Blimey, what uh, to go so, yeah so it was it was i was i was young enough for, for really it not to involve me very much apart from being aware it was going on in the background but it was uh, yeah we've only recently thrown out the stacks and stacks of legal documents are all piled together uh, involved in that um so yeah, I went away and worked in the Aria, and then uh, as, as as I was coming towards the end of that, the, the uh, he had, my dad had a very good rapport with the one of the the agent of the trustees for the hospital, and agreed a 
a very good rate to buy half of the land if he agreed to surrender that Agriculture Holdings Act tenancy, which which finished with me. Right. I would have finished it with me um, and to, if we surrendered the other half. So our neighbours bought the other half. We became landowners and half of it. And then a few years later, we then sold another half to our neighbours. And we could have been then landowners of what we have now, but we we kept that kept that capital in reserves and have used it over the years to smooth out financial humps and also invest in invest in other things like our wedding barn and uh, the farm park. Um, so you mentioned the RAF. You were you were in the REF for seven years. Um, tell me about that time. Yeah, it was it was it was an interesting time. Um, got uh, I got seconded to the Navy for a bit, so I ended up on HMS Illustrious. So yeah, I spent uh, I think I spent about eight weeks on a ship at various stages. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, saw saw a fair few fair few sites there. Uh, going around the top of Scotland um, on, on an exercise I can't remember the name of, and, and going out at three in the morning and it was still daylight. That was quite bizarre. And yeah. Seeing um, water spouts in the in uh, I don't want to I was going to say the Mediterranean, but I don't think it is. We were heading to Malta, and okay. someone said that they came over the tunnel. Don't go out on the deck because there's a load of water spouts. So everyone ran out on the deck to see the water spouts. <laughs> Um, and then, and then that, that finished the, the navy. The navy scrapped the Sea Harriers, so then went to the Hercules at RAF Lynham and uh, did an awful lot of time out in the in the uh, Middle East, or um, supporting Iraq and Afghanistan, um, but mostly from mostly from Qatar. Yeah. So I think I spent yeah. about eight months in Qatar. Well, I didn't see very much of Qatar because we were on an airbase. So I am. Um... So yeah, and then and then wrapped up. I think I left the RAF just a year before they closed line them. So I saw out one aircraft or two, two squadrons, one aircraft and, and, and an airplane in the time that I was there. So. <laughs> so you went to the REU and to do a foundation. Um, why there and what, why do that? And, and tell me about your time at Siren. Uh, well, I, I, was, I felt I needed some sort of um, training, whatever that would be for coming back to the farm. Um, wasn't entirely sure exactly what I had a few emails go back and forth with one of the one of the tutors or I think the head of the head of the course or whatever they're called and uh yeah obviously the REF paid for that as uh, when when I, I do get a bit despondent when I see that the people saying that the, the military don't support people when they're leaving they paid they and they would have they I think we I think I was in the middle where they paid three thousand the first year and the nine thousand the second year for, okay. for that course so yeah they supported all of that uh, and would have covered transport as well if I'd needed to. And uh, yeah, I went and did that. I, I think there were some elements of it that were completely wasted on me. Some, uh, some elements that were taught really, really badly, which were quite badly, which were very useful. Other elements were the, which were, I found were hopeless and were taught badly. So the, and, and it was a bit of a shock to the system having gone from a, you listened to everything and it was crammed in. You, were, <laughs> you had two half hour lunch breaks and an hour lunch break. And the rest of the time you were, smashing out that 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 course and you when you when you went home you were done yeah um, and you did the test the next day this was very much you go in for a couple of hours here an hour there and oh they might cancel that lecture after you'd arrived and it, it all felt a bit a bit lackadaisical <laughs> in comparison to what i was used to uh, but we got got through it and uh, i think I, the most the most valuable thing was was really just the business element um the tutor there it was is really knowledgeable guy he struggled a bit teaching adolescents i think diversification um so as we've mentioned you are doing a lot and you started a very long time ago um and but you're clearly very forward looking as well you've got lots of people on your doorstep um are you still looking to diversify further 
and where where we're at at the moment with everything that we've got with the farm park is 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 our newest sort of big venture but ultimately we see that's only any good if it's nice weather and it's only any good when it's when the nice weather is is really quite specific it okay. can't be it can't be windy and rainy and it can't be too hot so there's, not, there's a fairly wind, narrow band yeah windy and rainy that's not that's not very useful in the west no so so aware of the gap in the market for us there is um is near the farm shop we we had some land that we got planning permission for a new shop long story we decided not to pursue it um but that area i think we could build what what we would call a hub and that would encompass soft play a, de- a sort of decent catering uh, kitchen which would supply a restaurant to satisfy the uh, the soft play and the farm park it would provide an admission hub for the farm park so we'd lose the current little shed that would be the that's the admission shed now uh, and we'd also probably probably look at putting a nursery in there and that catering rack that would feed the nursery uh, short term like to look at glamping we've got some lovely little woodland that my dad planted 15 20 years ago yep. and it, it's lovely when we have bell tents in there for the festival um but uh, yeah as with everything we've got to sort of manage everything and, and, and make sure we've got all the, all the systems in place for what we're doing now um because that's one of the challenges at the moment uh, so before we start chasing these other these other ventures so it, it's a challenging time in farming lots of farms are looking to uh either add value in some way diversify in some way at the moment and with all the changes that are going on um, you have heaps of experience um, any advice you would give to listeners i think the the biggest thing is is be, you've got to be on top of on top of the numbers and i'm sure i think everyone says that don't they um, and so so focused on if you're just because someone else is is doing something that doesn't mean that it'll work for you as well. So doing that that um, due diligence and, and making sure that budgets and the cash flow are all coming together and, and constantly reviewing it and uh, checking up on it as you go, because it can so quickly get away from you. I think anyone who's done diversifications find, uh, and it's the same with any new venture in any business, that it'll take a few years before you see the results that someone else has, at least yeah. a, at least a few years, and that's where that 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 covers anything from someone who's trying mil, mil, uh, mineral zero till for the first time to yeah. someone who's putting up a palm shop. It's going to take a few years before you get anywhere close to what someone else is doing. Uh, staff um, recruitment. A lot of people are finding a challenge at the moment. Um, how are you finding it? Mixed, very mixed. It's I'd say that. People coming and going is more is a little bit more fluid. There's yeah, it, it, it's more challenging across the board is 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 for sure. We've not had a huge problem recruiting people. It's just taken longer. Um, and some elements are really tough. Butchery is butchery and catering staff is really tough. Farm staff at the moment we've just we we've got a guy who's who's leaving us today actually. Really good guy. He's traveling a long way. It's costing him 400 quid a month to get oh, here wow. in his okay. truck. And, and the, the, the offer that they're giving him nearer to home and a higher pay rate, we could just couldn't compete with. Um, but that is also, that's also a challenge because the, the pay pay band that we're on with at that level of employee is, is, is out of kilter with um, a lot of, uh, a lot of agricultural sort of, tra- sort of skilled tractor drivers and, and people who've got areas of responsibility in other farms. So it's a, the, the challenge is, is getting the right people who are not solely focused on on uh, a driving a tractor and b the, the the labor that they're getting. They want to be involved with something something else. Um, but yeah, that's 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 one of our challenges is is uh, recruiting the right people into the, into that. Managing people and recruitment is never easy. 
we're at that interesting stage. We've got managers and middle managers involved, and, and everyone has got uh, has got their issues and, and things that need to be squared away. Yeah, um, and, and it really is then relying on systems and, and the people, the managers who you've employed, being able to deal with the with the, with the juniors and, and get there. You've mentioned some of the changes that are going on, um, but where is the business going uh, from in your sort of head? What's your vision for the next few years? So really, we've just got to secure what we're doing. There's we, so many new people in so many new roles uh, doing things in slightly new ways. And, and that's, that's, the, that's what we just need to really knuckle down on and get all that sorted, get all the systems so everyone on board with how it works uh, and to the point where they just know that this week that needs doing that day on that month that needs doing um and that that'll help we, we're looking at the glamping sort of at the corner of my write a business plan for that and if the opportunity comes up to either go we either secure some capital <clears throat> or we get a joint venture that, that we can uh, we can work with someone on yeah uh, we'll sort of we'll follow that one down but yeah really making sure the farm part is is, is comes up up together and up and running getting all the guys behind that hopefully recruiting a manager to manage that so that can that can do it all even better Grand. yeah really just just knuckling down on what we've already got exciting um away from the farm you've got a micro light and you still you still do some flying um yeah how often how often do you get out in that and, and where do you go what do you see not as often as i'd like um we do during the summer the local club do a flying they call the flying so we'll go I don't know, anything from like five mile to 20 mile away and okay. just fly in and have a barbecue there. I think we went to Abergavenny a couple of weeks ago and had a pizza from a local takeaway. Um, that was a lovely evening. Uh, Wednesday, they went to uh, Defford. There's another farm farm shop there. I couldn't make that one because we um, it was an induction day for the daughter's reception year. Um, so my partner was off at doing that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with anything I've uh, I've done quite a lot of competitions. I quite enjoy doing those. Uh, so I did one of those a couple of weekends ago. Just get just get something in the calendar that you yeah. go and do. So so often you the, the machine sat in the shed, and I'm in an amazing position. I can just walk out and go flying. Yeah. But, but unless there's something in the diary, you tend not yeah. to go. So yeah, I've been I've been all across. I've been across Europe doing competitions as in uh, wow uh, in Dubai in 2015 doing Harlem racing. Um, and last year we had an amazing trip around Scotland, which was just stunning. Fly, and we were so lucky with the weather. There was no wind, blue skies every day up in Scotland, which is just unheard of. I think even, even, the, even the locals were saying it was it was <laughs> it was like one in ten years sort of weather conditions. What does a um, what, what does a microlight competition uh, sort of involve, and sort of what, what sort of numbers does it attract? So if you think of aeronautical orienteering, really, so you have a you're given a map and say go to these places and you're looking for along those lines you're looking for photographs and you've got to try and find as many of those photographs you can mark them on the map with accurately okay. uh you, sometimes they're thrown markers that you've got to write down what's written on the ground uh and, and navigating accurately so they put in um uh circular gates you've got to fly through um so that to make sure you're act, uh, navigating to to, to the line uh, and also sometimes timing, timing gates. So you fly along a, a distance and specify beforehand how long it will take you to get from the beginning to the end and then try and get it within 15 seconds. Uh, and then landing, landing, on a, landing on the, um, within a set area as well and sometimes stopping, sometimes overtaking. There's, uh, yeah, there's, there's other things as well. I mean, and the Dubai and Turing thing was, was pile of racing. Um, 
the Dubai one was with a spot landing at the end uh, and uh, a short takeoff, which was a short landing. So there's quite a few more elements to the to that. Wow. I love what people do. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let, let's sort of finish, um, finish on the farm. Um, uh, challenges. What, what's your biggest challenge as a business at the moment? Uh, so it's, it's definitely uh, betting in people, um, working out how, how our, our team work and, and making sure that everyone is, is on the same wavelength. And then also, as, as with everyone, it's the finances being on top of that. Um, so we've just with buying buying my brother out. I think I mentioned that earlier. There's there's been a, a, a payout there, so that's that's had a big of an impact on cash flow. Um, and yeah, it, 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 those are the two things at the moment: really, cash cash flow, budgets, and uh, and management. Yeah, getting through. Um, we always finish the show with the same two questions, which I'm going to ask you now. Uh, the first is: if you have a message for the public, what would it be? Try and be open-minded. Come and come and speak to farmers. Um, try not to be polarised by the media or what you see on social media. Um, we're mostly very friendly people, um, and uh, pop down mostly. to any local farm shop. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Most of the public are very nice. <laughs> most most people are very nice. It's just the odd few. Um, so yeah, pop down to your local farm shop and, and try and make contact with uh, with people there, and uh, don't be scared. Brilliant. And finally, a message for farmers. Oh, uh, yeah, try and be more collaborative to ideas and not dismissive of others' points of view. And uh, yeah, be kind. Yeah, I think that's a good one. That's, a, that's one that comes up quite a lot, actually, which, which I like. We're going to leave it there because um, that is about all we have time for. Um, Reese, thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for no telling problem. us a little bit about the myriad of things that you've got going on there. Um, and I'm sure the, you've got you've got a bright future because clearly you're you're very innovative and um, you've got a great location as well. And, and it's about making the most of that. Um, so good luck. Thank you. Uh, finally, how do people follow you on social media? If you want to look strictly at the business, we're Over Farm Market on Twitter and Instagram. And then if you search Over Farm on Facebook, I think we've got something on Pinterest and a little yeah. bit on YouTube. And then myself and just my name. Uh, I think I'm yeah, I'm on Twitter, but not a huge amount. LinkedIn, I'm on a bit more. Cool. Go and give uh, them a follow, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please do subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening so you don't miss any future episodes. Um, later this week, um, of course, is Groundswell, um, and I'll be there. Really looking forward to that. Um, and next time on the show, I'll be bringing you some of the conversations that I have with people there. No concrete plan yet, uh, but I'll see who I meet through Chris through the two days, see what sessions I go to through the two days. Um, and yeah, I'll bring you some footage from that. Um, camping has now sold out for Groundswell, but tickets are still available. If you still want to go along, you can find out more about that at groundswellag.com. I'm Ben Eagle. This has been Meet the Farmers and I will see you next week.